welcome to another session of Med Student Over Easy. I'm John Casey, one of the hosts of EM Over Easy. I would like to welcome the amazing team I have today with me to talk about med student interview prep. And I will start to my right with Dina. If you could all introduce yourselves, please. Hi there. I'm Dina Benjamin. I'm Associate EM Physician at Loma Linda University and Associate Residency Program Director. Hi, I'm Mental Sharkey. I'm the Assistant Program Director at Doctors Hospital, also serving as the Clerkship Director. I'm Brian Barbas. I'm an Associate Professor at Loyola Stritchute School of Medicine in Chicago, Illinois. Various roles, but important ones today. I've been the EMIG Advisor for almost eight years, and I'm a former Clerkship Director. Fantastic. Well, Brian, Dana, Mental, thank you so much for coming today and helping us out. So, med students may or may not at some point have to do an interview. Who knew? Yeah, right? And so that process, just focusing very narrowly on that, is a very stressful one. And they are going to have to do it either virtually or in person, probably a number of times. And the problem is the first interview you do is not a great time to have that as your entire learning experience. You want to come into this with some skills. So all of these folks with me today have some great points and thoughts on the interview. So you've got a med student. They're, of course, a great candidate. They're a great fit for emergency medicine. How can they go about doing their prep work for an outstanding interview? Dina, what's your first thought? You know, I think applicants knowing their application, I know it's been a while since they submit their application and then interviews come in, but when you ask something about their application, they probably should read it the night before and know their application in and out. If you're going to ask about an experience or something they're really proud of, they should be able to say that on the spot. It's their application, their experiences. And so it's nice when interviews all of a sudden light up and they're like, oh, let me tell you about X, Y, or Z. And that shines through, even if it's a virtual or in-person interview. So knowing their application in and out, I think, is a is a big one for me. Yeah. And almost like a step back, make sure that your application is accurate. Like some of the interests and stuff are things that you are actually interested in because <laughs> that has come up and it's very awkward when I'm like, oh, you have X interest. And I ask about that and it's like blank faced and Maybe in the moment when they were submitting, they were interested, but that has petered out a little bit. So just to make sure that your application really does truly reflect you as a person as much as it can. Yeah. Knowing those hobbies and props to actually one of the uh, incoming interns that we just matched had magic on his hobby section and he prepared knowing that that could be asked of him. And he had a deck of cards like set off screen, ready to go in case someone asked him about it. And it's like that level of prep and knowing what you might be asked about is really, really important of knowing your application and preparing for what might come your way. Kudos to that mm -hmm. uh, student. And interestingly, whether you match that applicant or not, you're going to remember that applicant. And that has longstanding consequences down the road because you'll meet these folks at conferences. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have a fellowship. Maybe they want to get into something in emergency medicine. Maybe they want to come be faculty with you one day when you can just remember that. That's amazing. I wish I had an applicant do a magic trick. <laughs> this past year, they did some magic tricks. Some of them vanished during the <laughs> virtual interviews. Just, you know, their their internet would go to something. They would just disappear or freeze, but not the kind of magic trick that we're looking for. Well, fantastic. What do you think are some great ideas for almost 
surefire question because I know when I was a medical student, one of the things that I thought was it would be nice if I had a few questions that I had worked my way through. So what are some high-yield questions that you think might be? So there's a list, and you can go on to, I'm sure, any sort of Reddit post or blog post. We're going to make it easy. We're going to attach a list of questions that I've developed over the years from talking with students to the blog post with this episode. But some of the really common ones that I like is why Loyola? Why Chicago? Particularly if you're going somewhere different geographic, it's helpful to understand why they want to come to your place. Why is that important? Because you want residents who are going to be happy in the environment and have actually thought about you. Yeah. And then if your application has some sort of red flag or some sort of thing that needs explained, make sure you have a good explanation ready to go for those things because you will be asked and it's fair to be asked about some of those things. So have a good answer and a way to put it in context so that it makes the interviewer more clear about what happened. Yeah. And the fact that Brian has that list ready to go is awesome. But most people can think about their strengths. Most people can't really think about weaknesses or how would your friends describe. So I think things along those lines would always be good to already have an answer. Not that you need to practice it and seem rehearsed in your interview, because I think that comfort level as you're talking to somebody shines through. And so you don't want to be so rehearsed that people are like, okay, you've ran through these. I want you to just relax and have a conversation, kind of like how we're all just sitting around talking to each other, looking at each other. That natural feeling as you're talking to somebody is so important to me. So important. And I'm so glad you mentioned that because there is a conversation that happens about someone being too prepped, too polished. And I know it's a fine line, but you have to have faith in yourself that you've made it this far that you can engage with someone because you're going to have to do it every day as an EM physician anyway. You're going to have to go into people you don't know and and talk to them. So leaving a little bit of shellac available for the freedom is really a great way to go. And Mental, what a great comment about red flags. And that I think is where you can benefit from having someone else look at your application, an emergency medicine advisor, an emergency medicine faculty member somewhere. There are people that will offer up their services. One of my best mentees just reached out to me on Twitter. It was like a cold reach out, but it was like, I really liked the way that you answer questions and do things. And I was just wondering if you would help advise me. I'm a first year medical student and I'm interested in EM and shout out, they matched this year. So, but they sent me their application to review. And there were some things on there I was like, you need to either delete this because it's not helpful or you should explain this a little bit or be prepared to address this. So 100% about the red flags. And recognize what you think is a red flag and what an EM program can think is a red flag can be very, very different. So I looked at those questions you did, Brian. Those are amazing. I wish I had had those. I know, they're great. So all of you listen to this, lucky, lucky, go to the blog and download those. So, all right, I'm an applicant and I have Brian's amazing list of questions that I need to have thought about. So Mel, how can I use those? Like how they help me? So when I was interviewing and it was in person, one of my friends and I, got dressed up in our interview clothes, and we decided to ask each other some of these questions so that we could 
prepare. And doing so was so helpful just to kind of, you know, get a couple of frameworks out. You don't have to have everything written out and memorized to form, but just to have a framework of how you were going to answer this question was so helpful, but also to learn this jacket gets really uncomfortable by the third question, or these shoes are really pinching my feet, or, and this was some feedback that I got, was that I play with my hair too much when I give some of these answers. And so knowing some of these things can make you seem a bit more comfortable when the spotlight is actually on. And in the days of virtual interviews, putting that in like how does your acoustic sound? How does your backdrop look? How's your lighting? Just to make sure that you're set up to be as beneficial as it can be for you. And you might not think about those things in the moment, but having some lead time to analyze those things can be helpful. Yeah. The virtual one, knowing the camera angle, knowing what you're doing with your pets or children during the day of the interview so that you're not focused on the dog barking in the background or the cat jumping on the desk, which is adorable and we all understand it, but that mental stress that the applicant is going through when that happens, like just try and find a way to set that aside during it. But I loved your comment about prep, like trying to see if your school has any resources. Do they offer practice interviews? Does someone in your department, if you're fortunate to have a home institution or going on to Foam and you know, finding out other advisors within the emergency medicine community who are willing to, to advise. But one of the big things I always tell applicants is interview season, you will learn so much about yourself and trying to do some of that introspection beforehand to get those prep, John said, talking points, which is great. You don't want a script. You just want to think like these are the key features that I'm trying to sell myself about. These are my talking points of sale. This is my brand. And how can I weave them into different answers? You know, listening to all of you give all this awesome advice, I think about as we're all new faculty about to give new talks, whether in our conferences or at national conferences, everybody gets nervous, little tachycardia, maybe a little SVT on the side. But it's almost like the advice I got was think of somewhere that's comfortable. And practicing with your friend almost gives you that emotional support that if you can think back to that time where you're a little bit comfortable, you're talking to a friend to kind of calm your nerves before, because that also, even though if it's virtual, it still comes across during an interview. And so you want to think, what are some strategies that will kind of calm that sympathetic drive, whether it's box breathing, think of a nice memory, et cetera, just something that will just calm you down enough to get that conversation going with all the talking points. And literally all we want to know is get to know who you are as an applicant. That's all I care about. And I want that to shine through. Gosh, that's so fantastic. And knowing that you've put the work into it, is really what should bolster you for that day that no matter what question they ask, everybody's going to feel, you know, different and have those shared emotions. But knowing that you prepped yourself the very best you could for that interview, what else could you have done, right? If you go into the room with what else could I have done, then whatever happens, happens. And it's funny because I've never seen an interview that ended in death. Like, you know what I'm saying? Nope, not. You see what I'm saying? But in your head, really, what is the worst thing that's going to happen, right? The worst thing that's going to happen is 
you don't have something that you didn't have to begin with, which is a zero-sum game, right? This is something that I'm going for, but it's not promised. It's not like you're losing something. So that's great insight. One thing, if your school, if for whatever reason your school doesn't have it, I think most medical schools probably do, but if maybe you feel like that isn't exactly the way to go, this is really just interviewing one-on-one. And shout out to public libraries. Often you can go to your community resource centers and get an opportunity to do one-on-one interviews with people, either virtually or in person, that are professional interviewers. And they will also point out those things. And the great thing is these people don't know you. They're professionals. They're the ones that are going to tell you, you touch your hair too much, or those glasses are distracting, or you know that shirt color isn't going to work when you do virtual. You don't know those things when they're like, you know, I know you're wearing a tie, but you can't see it on camera. So it looks like you're just wearing a really tight button up shirt. And that that's weird. And then you can make your own choices about it, right? Maybe you're like, I want my glasses to to be loud and be me. And about the, the dogs and the cats, you're right. It never bothered me when a kid came in frame or a dog. But if the whole time the applicant was looking around, like looking at their dog, like giving them side eye to like not get in the screen, that was what was distracting because their mental energy was there and not with us in the interview. You guys are just point out such great things that you articulate so well. So, all right. So I'm a student. I've got the questions that they're going to ask. I've done my prep work for answering their questions. Any additional steps that I should take? I know when I get interviewed, somebody always asks me, do you have any questions for me? And I always feel like I struggle with that if I haven't put the work into it. So do you guys have any opinions on that? Should students take the time and what would be a good way to go about doing that? I definitely think when the question's asked, do you have any questions for me? I think have a couple of questions ready. Do your homework on the program, on the people that you're going to be interviewing with. And it's nice that now the internet, a simple Google search will get you most people's life. I'm a fan of, oh, do you have any questions for me? Oh yeah. Can you tell me about, and ask questions that showcase what you're interested in. Because I think that also helps me figure out, okay, you know, are we a good fit for you? Do you feel like you'd be a good fit for us? Things like that. So I I would say do some research. And, you know, even if it's a question that you may be able to find the answer to, take it a step further and ask something else. Like, what is research like at your institution? What do you do? What is, you can have, you know, two or three questions or actually even more than that, I would say, make a even longer list. Because as you interview with two to four people, depending on the various schedules of your institution, you want to be able to say, oh, they asked me this question versus, oh, I got asked the same question to four different faculty. Yeah, we do talk afterwards. We do debrief. (laughs) I do, to pivot though on that, you could have a question that you ask everybody just to see what their responses are. I had one student that caught me a little off guard two seasons ago that was like, if I could grant your department $1 million, how would you spend that money? And that was a fantastic question because then I was like, my mind was worrying and we all probably would have used it in different ways. But to that student, he got some very good insight about perhaps, you know, areas of our department that could use more money. And so sometimes having the same question to ask is not bad as long as you're forthcoming with, I asked everybody this, but I wanted to see how your thoughts on X, Y, and Z. And that way you as an applicant are also getting information to determine if this is a good fit for you. Yeah. So I give this advice to every student with applications because part of our job is being 
part-time psychiatrists, uh, <laughs> which is the counselors true, yes. and counselors and talking to cheerleaders, uh, which is, this is for particularly for people who went straight through, but one of the first interviews where they actually do have some power and some influence and they're interviewing the students interviewing us as much as we're interviewing them. They want to make sure that we're a good fit for them as well. They're going to be three to four years with us. You know, they want to make sure that their priorities match with what our priorities and our strengths are and, you know, that they can be okay with our weaknesses because every program will have weaknesses. And so being able to have those questions and have those those goals that they're looking for, what's important to them really is helpful. And the other tip is people like hearing their own voice. And you'll find as an interviewer, the ones that you often are like the happiest about afterwards, you think back and like, oh, I did more of the talking. So if you're the applicant and you're asking questions and you're getting the interviewer talking, you'll see them get more excited because they're now talking about something that they might be passionate about. You all have given some amazing hints, I think, and guidance for our medical student listeners. So first, thank you to all of you. You're amazing. I'd like to maybe wrap it up. If each of you could just give one takeaway point, it doesn't have to be anything new, just highlight one, the most critical thing you would recommend for our listeners to walk away with. Get to know yourself. Like Spend the time beforehand Think about what's important to you. What are the priorities you're looking for in a program or in a location or in the people that you're going to be working with? And that will help you understand your brand that you're selling when you're answering questions and also the questions that are important for you to ask those programs. That's awesome. I feel like you stole mine. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, we I just talk so much that we're, I know. we're on the same wavelength. I think it's also just to be aware that you might walk into this interview and realize very quickly it's not for you, but not to give up on the interview itself because like you had mentioned, John, there might be other times where this these people you come in contact with, you might meet again. And so just to know what your goals are and if your goals line up with the program, great, but it's okay if that doesn't happen and now you know more about this program and that it might not be for you. That's such good advice. You both stole what I was about to say. So kind of going along those lines, I think even if you realize the place is not where you most fit in or you want to be, that's still another interview that you get to practice, quote unquote. So not giving up, I think, is huge. I think it's important to do as much interview prep as you do some kind of prep after. So write your pros and cons of any place that you're going to interview as far as you can find. And then do that again after your interview and leave those notes to then compare. Because after interview season, there is interview exhaustion and you want to be able to know, what did I feel like right before this interview? What did I feel like right after this interview? And what does that look like throughout the interview season? And I think you have to do a little bit of prep in that aspect to be able to have all those notes to then look at come time to think rank list. Amazing. Well, Dana, Mental, Brian, thank you all for your expertise and thank you to all the listeners. Be sure to download those questions. They are gold and the best format of free and they will be available for you. Well, 
thanks for making it all the way to the end of that Med Student Over Easy episode. Don't forget, you can follow us on social media, whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or head on over to our blog, emovereasy.com. Also, don't forget, we are the official podcast for the American College of Osteopathic Emergency Physicians. You can learn more about this great organization by heading to acoap.org, where you can find about an upcoming CME event where you might get to see a few of your EM Over Easy hosts live and in person for a show. Until next time, thanks so much. Thank you.